All right, you ready? I'm ready. No, no, that that was the opening. Really? Yeah. Well, out of sorts. This this new this this new everything is old is new again. This this computer's not really. It has me. It has me all um, perplexed. But did did you leave all your funny good openings on the old iMac? No, no, that that's in the cloud. That's 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 in my uh, my private channel on Slack. That's that's always safe there. Um, yeah, I don't know why it took so much less time. Well, we'll get into it when we get to follow up. But it took so much less time to pull down like all two hundred gigabytes of my Dropbox folder. Uh, like it did with than when it did on the uh, MacBook Pro. Can I actually peel back a layer of the onion and take us in a direction I don't think either of us was expecting? As long as we get back to Spindrift, which was unstated, but yes. <laughs> what 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 uh, what level of um, Cable Town internet service are you on? <sighs> the one where I get 1.29 terabytes of bandwidth each month. Well, I think that's all of them now. That's such an arbitrary amount. It is. Um, I think I'm on the... Uh, well, you know what? It's probably bad to do this while you're recording something over the internet, but I'm going to do a speed test because I think I'm on the 150. Hmm. Like, we're not in a market where... Because I think a, a year ago you had mentioned that you got... Like, they just sent you a letter. Oh, I'm, I'm, I get 300. Yeah, so that's so that's what I'm on, which, you know, has is obviously is perfectly fine. Um, but the, um, the lady friend's sister moved into the area a couple of months back mm-hmm. and I've been kind of helping her, you know, get some of the, the tech stuff set up. And one of the things I've been helping with is her, her networking setup. And we, I wanted to see, you know, what level of cable town service she had to make sure that, you know, we were getting the right cable modem and stuff. And she's on a 500 megabit per second plan down. Which got me thinking, like, hmm, like, what else is available in my area? Because I don't really think I've checked since we moved up here a couple of years ago. And so I'm also on the, the 300 down plan. Mm-hmm. But I could upgrade to a 600 megabit per second plan for, like, an extra 10 bucks a month. And I could, do, I could do their um, uh, gigabit service for, like, 20 extra bucks a month. So kind of thinking about that. So multiple, multiple things on that. So one, is she making proper use of it? Like is she, Oh yeah, no way. Like running, I, running some sketchy, like pirated software servers and stuff from her house or something. <laughs> um, I, it's just, you know, it's, it's just the service that's in the complex that she's in. And, you know, I'm, it turns out that picking the right cable modem to ensure you're getting the the level of service you're paying for from your cable providers, not not quite as straightforward as you would think it is. You mean you don't know your Doxis three point ones from your three point one ones and your and which 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 channels you're getting down? Going back to our Best Buy days, I probably did, but given that I'm just not as plugged into that stuff anymore, I I did have to kind of uh, do a refresher on that. And I and I say that in just just because I because when you. Again, like a year and a half ago, you brought up that you got like a thing saying your speeds had increased. And then I, I did some research into it. And then apparently like that wasn't available in my area. But apparently Doxis 3, which I thought was the standard, is not necessarily the standard. And there's a lot of substandards to that. Just like 4G doesn't mean 4G. And if you're on AT&T, 4G means 5G. If 5GE means means dial up. Like it doesn't even doesn't even matter anymore. But Exactly. And that what I did find when I was, you know, looking into cable modems recently is that 
a smart thing that Motorola does is at least on like their Amazon product page um, is when you look at their cable modems, they'll specifically list out all the different cable providers that they, you know, support and they'll list out the exact plans that they support. So you, you in some ways you don't really even have to worry about what, you know, Doxus 3.1 standard or whatever you're on. Um, hold on. So, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's one of those things where it's like, I've never really once thought that my internet was too slow, but it also does seem like if I could double my speed for like 10 bucks a month, maybe that's worth it. Although I would also have to buy a new cable modem. <laughs> so, so some real time follow up. I'm because I did that whole networking infrastructure week upgrade about a year ago, and I did get a new cable modem as part of that because I had the other one where you know, when a cable modem is going bad. Just some you'll just have to restart it. Yeah, more I've, than you have to. I've had that happen at least once, maybe twice. Yeah. Um. So I ended up getting the Motorola MB seven six two one dash one zero, which apparently is a twenty four by eight, but it'll it it the most it'll support is four hundred megs down. Hmm. So yeah, I don't think the faster speed is available in my area. Um. So I'd probably have to get a new modem to do so. But I guess my question for you is now knowing that that's available. Do you care? Like I've even on the old hundred meg, like I've never found Comcast's speed to be lacking. Like it's never felt like something's holding me back. Yeah, I mean that's that's kind of what I'm saying. Like I I really can't point to a specific use case or instance where my current speed is not sufficient. So that's you know that's kind of what's held me back from um from doing it. And yeah. not to mention that in order for me to get a cable modem that would support um comcast's 600 megabit per second plan it, it's kind of a pricey cable modem i think it's 140 150 bucks something like that so yeah but that's 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 pennies given given how money's being treated in our economy currently well no sure. but but again like you just uh ask minutian just text steven and he'll he'll, <laughs> he'll work you a deal because you know it's all it's all gonna work out um, <laughs> uh, several people had this tweet on, we'll get back to cable modems in a minute. Cause that's, that's what people tune in for. Um, they're using the cable modem to download it just with their podcatcher of choice. Um, multiple people have made this joke on Twitter, but, uh, uh, bad faith actor, uh, Marco Rubio, or maybe it was Ted Cruz. I forget which is the one with the beard. Uh, Cruz is the one with the beard, and what you just called him would have been like the nicest thing anybody's ever said to him. But wait, anyway, what did I, what, wait, what I call him? Bad actor. I could, I could come up with many, many worse things to call him. But oh, I mean, but like bad faith uh, argue. Uh, bad faith actor is kind of like it's the it's the diplomatic way of saying somebody's a shithead. <laughs> um, I'll put the link. And Dar Darth made this joke, but honestly, multiple people had made it before he made it. But Dar, Dar, this, quick sidebar: Dar's not hibernating, is he? No, he's he's he tweeted this 15 hours ago. Okay, where it uh, feels like feels like he's slowed down a little bit recently. I, f I feel like the entire world should slow down a little bit. Yeah, uh, we're we're uh, bad faith actor Ted Cruz went on Fox News and said if the, if Biden wins, we're going to wake up in January with Elizabeth Warren as Treasury Secretary. Which, yeah, that's and then Dar's tweet. And again, many people have made this joke: Do not threaten me with a good time. <laughs> Anyway, okay, getting back to cable modem so we can get uh, back to, um, again, the imaginary conversation on sparkling water. Uh, also, Cox Communications, their branding for uh, 
gigabit internet is uh, get giggy with it, G-I-G dash <laughs> or hyphen E, which um, can't tell if it's cleverer or the worst, leaning towards uh, somewhere in the middle, you know, a, a, a center left. I wanted to hate it, but it's kind of making me smile, so. Wait, oh, maybe maybe it's not. Maybe maybe it's Sonic. Oh, get giggy with it. <laughs> I have to I have to do this in an incognito window because I, I don't was gonna want say be careful yeah be, be careful what rabbit hole that leads you down. Uh, maybe I need to put it in quotes. Uh, it doesn't matter. Okay. <laughs> anyway, thank you, thank you for letting me know about. Well, okay, we'll we'll stay on the Comcast thing for one more second, which is that's the other thing that frustrates me about these increased speeds is that they don't actually matter because no matter what the um the speed tier that you're on, the upload is always trash so what what's really the point at that i was i meant to look to see if that gigabit service is um it is certainly not it's not symmetrical it's not fios okay. like verizon okay. does okay yeah no, yeah no, that, I, that's I think a good it's, point. it's like a gig down and like 15 megabits up which is which is ridiculous yeah i think that's what i get now so yeah maybe you're right maybe it is just kind of the same no matter how fast your download speeds are so I'm on Comcast's website, and I don't know why it thinks I'm in Elk Grove. I don't know where Elk... Oh, is that outside Sacramento? Um, they, uh, on their uh, double play offers, they make the, the... What do you think the the top two channels they list to try to entice you to get cable are? ESPN. And? HDTV. Yep. Really? Yep. Nice. Good for me. Yeah. Also on Comcast's... Actually, let me let me send you a link to this because this is this is really silly. Um, actually, there's two things here. So Comcast internet pricing. So apparently, you can get these are weird tiers. So apparently, I guess I'm on Blast! Exclamation! Like this, is like nice, but it's Blast. I didn't. Uh, I didn't put. I didn't put you on Blast, did I? <laughs> so here's the thing. I don't want you to noise gate this episode because I want you to hear the air conditioner in the background and the dead silence of my my distaste. <laughs> um, where, where's where's my text talk? I gotta write down this indignation. So uh, uh, so I, I'm also on. Oh yeah, okay, yeah! Exclamation point! Blast! Uh, that's exactly. What, uh, yeah, with a paltry ten megabits, not bytes, bits per second down. Um, and I always, I always get that confused. It's a uh, eight bits in a byte. Sure. I mean that is technically true. Yeah, I I believe you. <laughs> well, you sure sounded very insincere or very incredulous. These um, I assume that's the way people <laughs> talk to to Donald in meetings whenever he says fucking anything. Um, these these prices seem. I guess these are the only the for the first year. These prices actually seem pretty reasonable because they're introductory prices. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, which need a two-year contract, and you can only order online. Subject to market availability, market availability um, no rain checks, no coupons. Um, the pricing tier. So, yeah, the upload speeds are the worst. So even on the gigabit plan, what is... I, I, I like to think I'm a reasonably intelligent person. I never remember which number to divide into which number if you want to find what's a percentage of what. So... The upload speed is three and a half percent of the download speed. Yeah, seems weird. Uh, also, Extreme Pro Plus, like that—that that sounds like the name of Apple's forthcoming bundle. Like, 
or or whatever they charge they they call their 5G phone it's going to be the the extreme pro plus but hey gigabit pro there's your symmetrical speed $300 a month for 2 gigabit per second upload see that actually has some value but what's the point with the data cap I think that plan is the only one that actually is exempt from it mm. actually so and that's the last thing we're going to talk about or uh, about this specific thing which is um so two months ago or no so comcast ended peel back one more step when coronavirus hit this is going to turn into corona talk uh comcast and a whole bunch of providers did a whole bunch of stuff of like oh we're racing bandwidth caps or we're comping data overages and all this kind of stuff so comcast temporarily lifted their bandwidth caps um in mid-march and that treatment ended the end of june and then at the beginning of July, when they were figuring out what they were going to do, they sent an email to everybody saying, here's how Comcast is responding to the coronavirus pandemic. Um, I think those were the exact words. And they said they're adjusting their data cap, which used to be um, one terabyte across all metered markets. And it got up to 1.28 or 1.29 terabytes. Uh, terabytes. Um. And that's such an arbitrary weird number. But Comcast has had this kind of, it's kind of like the in and out secret menu where you can pay $50 a month to make the plan that you thought was unlimited actually unlimited. And I've come across this where I've actually had to call them twice in the past three years because I actually needed more and I didn't want to pay $10 per 50 gigabytes that I used. So that now got changed to, let me see if I can find it. Uh, but they sent an email saying, hey, you can get, um, uh, hold on, Comcast, COVID. Oh, no, the the, e- the email from Comcast was called, was called Moving Forward Together. Thank you, Comcast. Um, no, it's not here. But basically, they reduced the price of the unlimited data add-on to $25 a month. But I think there was some squirrely language where you have to rent a cable modem from them in order to do that. Mm. which is some, which is which is some bullshit so i don't know i am thinking of trying to see if like i can call because i would how much internet do you have you ever bump up against the limit no no e- even with all this new stuff and all your your 4k video your 4k disney plusing <laughs> even with that no i don't i don't think we get anywhere close to it um hmm. okay this this month i am at 2.8 terabytes okay so we'll we'll figure out how that's gonna go Wait, um, really let me hold on i think that was the last time i got an alert because they also text you now when you're going over which is which is nice because because i got the imac mm. um and a few other things i have been pulling down a ton of data from um, aws and from dropbox where every time like i set up a computer uh i i don't do migration assistant or anything like that we'll we'll get into that in, in some imac talk but um i just store everything on dropbox so and i don't move it between computers so um it just does all that so right now i have used sorry no um i've used 2367 gigabytes of my of of my available 1229 what's the few other things in addition to the imac that was kind of cryptic Oh no! Like so, I made some changes to my Synology. Um, so I had, and I found out that it was that I had 
for some reason, when I was trying to avoid going over another month, I had paused the synchronization of the raw image files from my camera up to Backblaze. So there were like two months of photos and at 60 megabytes per image from my camera, uh, there was like a backlog of like 800 gigabytes of photos to upload or something. Mm. So there's been a whole lot of stuff and I've basically just been able to, or I've just been like, okay, this is because I have one month to go over because they give you one freebie a year. Um, I'm like, you know, I'm just going to do all my uploading and downloading my backups and just go nuts this month. And then I will call them and uh, see if there's a way to get that $25 thing. Because it would be nice not to worry about it. Hmm. Yeah, I've never, I don't think I've ever come close to mine. No. Um, yeah, I think this is it for Comcast. Uh, do you want to talk about fun stuff? Yeah, let's start the show. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Even watching any of the DNC? No. Tonight was a really good night. I don't actually intend to talk about this, but uh, Liz Warren gave a great speech. Brock gave a great speech. Very much uh, glazed over and turned out of uh, Kamala talking, but um, it was a good night. Yes, yesterday was not, but this this was a this was a good ep- not a good episode. This was a good night. <laughs> this was a good two hours to watch. Um, yeah, so you should go catch the highlights on um, on tomorrow's ESPN? daily, probably. No, hmm? no, not ESPN. That's different. Uh, ESPN Plus, probably. Yeah. Uh, okay, so let's talk about some fun stuff. So, uh, it's summer, you know that, right? <laughs> I, I know I'm, it's all blurring together, but I'm st- I'm starkly aware of that, uh, particularly this past week. Yes, Jesus, it it has been so. We're we're gonna for, we're not gonna forgo, but we're gonna like ignore for a second. And I know it's a weird thing to ignore, but all like in California, like all the fires which happen every fall this seems like it's a particularly bad year but that's the lightning storms that we had this weekend have shut off, have set off a very bad chain reaction but it has been so hot and humid and just such a weird like such weird weather for the past 5 days and it just happened out of nowhere and it's 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 been it's been it's been a lot yeah the so the the two weird things have been the humidity well i guess three weird things the humidity the thunderstorms and not just the fact that we had a thunderstorm but at least in this area we had like three days in a row of thunderstorms off and on which mm-hmm. having spent my entire life in california I, I don't ever remember that happening before even in southern california i know it's rare up here it's maybe every couple of years but i do remember them kind of frequently in southern california like not this bad but but i don't but like three days in a row i that i don't i can't ever recall um, but in any case, um, and then the third thing, which has been really weird is that, you know, it, it'll get into the nineties, like not too infrequently up here during the summer, like that, that happens from time to time, but you know, it'll get down into like the low fifties at night. And it's so, like the evenings are really pleasant. And then, you know, overnight the house cools down and then the morning is pleasant. But like this last week, you know, the lows have been 75. Yeah, like mid to low 70s, like maybe high 60s. And 60% humidity and yeah. it smells like barbecue. Like exactly. it's, it's it's very, it's, it's been just. It's relentless, you know. Yeah. And, you know, it, this is this is not an original point, but I'll just, you know, I'll point it out again, which is like, yeah, I get that in California. We, you know, we, don't, we don't have the worst weather. Like there's lots of parts of the country that have this type of weather, you know, much more frequently, but like, we're just not equipped for it. Like we don't, 
we don't have air conditioners by and large. Um, you know, like, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's not great. Yeah. And again, with the caveat that it feels weird to complain about the weather, just because again, that, that we are very, like that freak truck, a tropical storm or whatever it was, um, again, has caused, has accelerated and made worse our, um, fire season. And we're kind of, it's that on top of all the other stuff. And it's just, it's weird times. I picked a, picked a hell of a weekend for a big, uh, home improvement project. What are you talking about? I thought your I thought you wrapped up your I thought your um demo day flooring thing started last week. Well, I, I mean it started last Wednesday, which is why we didn't record last week, but then, you know, went straight through to uh, this last Sunday. Yeah. And this particularly that Friday, Saturday, Sunday, that was uh that was very warm. Well, can't you know, can't you just like wear a bunch of like ice packs? <laughs> like, like make a poncho out of uh like Capri Suns or something? Didn't didn't think of doing that, no. Uh, all right. Well, hopefully you're drinking a lot of Spindrift to keep yourself cool. So a few things on this. Because um, I do not follow at Spindrift Fresh on Twitter, but I saw somebody. So there's a there's a anchor and sports writer on ESPN named uh, Mina is it Kimes or Kimes? Kimes, I, Kimes, yeah. I always think it's Kimes, but yeah, I, whenever she's on... Um, there's that one like I, I hate almost all sports talk shows, but highly questionable is one of the least terrible, but I still don't care for it. But I think that's the show that she's on. But she's very she's a very good Twitter personality. Um and apparently she's on the spindrift now, which is very good, and she's um an advocate and a proponent for half and half. So mm-hmm. somehow the algorithm pushed me into the direction of looking at some spindrift stuff. So uh even though certain American companies like Apple can't really innovate anymore uh spindrift can because they put things in cans uh let me send you a link they have made a really smart thing which is called the spindrift oh no this this link's a 404 page not found wait did they already stop this was this a limited time thing um did they did they invent the the 404 error no have you ever been to um uh you can google for it but the economist has some really good 404s oh yeah they do um no it can't be over oh no because <laughs> i wanted to buy one of these hold on list uh... no i'm not a drifter stop it <laughs> so this isn't just the spin drift variety pack no Oh, they put the they put their cocktails in a um like a coffee table book. That's kind of cool. Hey, th- th- no reading ahead. That's <laughs> that's item two. Um, the sp- damn it, I think it's over with. Okay, but I'll send sp- the, the spinny pin pack. No, you so gotta send- oh, you gotta get some of those pins for your bag. I, I want them. Yeah. So, uh, it might not be on the t- on the Twitter any- or on the store anymore, but I'll tell you what it was. They had a thing where you could pay $25 and you, as well as a friend you give them their address for, they will send you a 12 pack with one can of each Spindrift flavor. And you can have like a little tasting room experience at home. That's fun. I, I like that a lot. And also, I just think it's really smart for a company where there's a lot of flavors of something and you yeah. don't want to take the gamble of like one again we've we've talked about the difficulty of uh, obtaining loose spindrifts 
um, if you live outside an area that's not serviced by an Amazon Go. Um, but yeah, and you got you get this little tasting card that tells you. And again, like I'm I'm sorry, Catherine. That sounds like a made up name. Or I mean, I think this <laughs> Zeta. Isn't that the name of uh, Michael Scott's uh, character in Thread Level Midnight? Michael Scarn. I'm pretty sure it is. I know you're better at the office references than I am. For a show, I don't really care for that much. Um, yeah. So, so Catherine again, uh, a picks one, uh, one and two are n- not good. I'm sorry, but but grapefruit uh, promote that way up there. Um, but that was really smart that they did that, where you could um, not only you get one, but for the amount that you're spending, because it was like it was twenty five dollars, they would also send it and cover shipping for a friend to also do the tasting experience, which I thought was really neat. It was very cool. Uh, but then, yeah, what you pointed to is that they have a uh, a cocktail recipe book, um, which has very, very cute illustrations um, and includes most of the cocktails that they have on their website. Um, so, yeah, I don't think I would very much care for a cranberry or, uh, orange margarita, but you know what? To each their own. Do you, do you have one of these books? I do not. No. I, I cannot believe you don't have one of these books and one of these pin packs. That seems like something you would have ordered day one yeah you know uh what do you call it um christmas can be whenever you want it to be <laughs> hint hint um yeah the last time i went to target uh the the spindrift section was all picked over and there was only the bad flavors left so i was, uh. I was super super bummed because there's always a ton of uh the man uh whatever that weird mango flavor is but yeah uh, half and half and grapefruit were all gone they need to add that to the uh to the board out front you know, you've got your your hand <laughs> hair, sanitizer, hair, you got your clippers, wipes, paper towels, you got your Nintendo Switch, and then mm-hmm. you got your, your Spindrift flavors. Although I found I found the accuracy of that board to be highly questionable. Oh, <laughs> does does Mina Kimes uh, guest on that? <laughs> um, yeah, everybody everybody's doing the board. Um, but yeah, I'm not I'm not sure what to know. Um, there hasn't ever been. Earlier in the pandemic, there was a the Target was doing a ver uh, was was limiting the number of people that can go into a store at any one time, and there were frequently lines. That doesn't happen anymore, and I can't tell if they uh, if they just don't care anymore, or if somehow people have like leveled out their shopping. I feel like it's probably the first one. I feel like I don't know. We're we're in an area that's a low enough population density where I don't really recall that ever being a major issue around here. Yeah, the Santa Fe Target generally does not get that busy. Right. Too many EV charging spots, though. So many. I Too many. Know, they have so many. I, I I mean, you know, as someone who regularly, you know, drives their EV to that store, I, you know, I'm, I'm I'm glad they're there, but it's so many. Probably three times the number they really need. Yeah. Um. All right. Was there anything else? Oh, and the last Spindrift thing. Because it's a jam-packed week. Um, so I, somebody made this, and I don't think it was. You know, how like sometimes Spindrift, uh, not Spindrift, like a brand will pay influencers to like or like artists to like make a thing and have it be influenced by the brand. I don't think this was paid, and this is also a little bit of Uncanny Valley. And again, not to go with the can theme, but it's weird. But I kind of think it's great. Well, this is this is a nice photo. Yeah, but it's it's of course not real. Where you see, so you have grapefruit spinny, uh, 
buried in sand where the, with the shades on, on the left side of the frame. And then you also see cans of Spindrift drinking tiny cans of Spindrift, which is a little unsettling. Yeah, you, you, don't, you don't want to think about that too hard. Um, yeah, this is, this is so interesting and weird. And I also want to know how this person made a, like a seven eighths inch ice, uh, igloo, like ice cooler. There's a, there's a lot to unpack in this. There is. And that's why I play. So please put this in the show notes that like, I think when I first saw this, like I spent like a solid two minutes, like evaluating every detail. And they also have a little, um, like a mini, like hibachi grill. Which I don't think they were allowed to have those at the beach. Definitely not in California. I wouldn't think. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this 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 is as the young people say is a lot. But yeah. <laughs> um. And the caption is just trying to even out my can lines, which mm. <laughs> I'm not sure. I think I think that falls in the same parallel. Like it, it's near the equator. Um. Of get giggy with it. I'm I'm closing this time. <laughs> Um, yeah, Spencer has a good, um, Twitter presence, um, but not, not enough to get me to follow it, but I, I, it hasn't gotten promoted to the, to be part of the 10 minutes a day I allow myself on Twitter. You want to start the show? Yeah. Or want to talk about follow up or something? Yeah. Let's click record. Okay. I think I've exhausted everything. This is, this is all you now. I'm, I'm out of ideas. Uh, I want to hear about the new iMac. Well, I, I, I've talked a lot. Um, yeah, I bought the same computer I already have and it's fine. <laughs> um, so yeah, we, we talked about it when I originally, when Apple updated the computer and purchased it, it got delayed in China for a few days. I don't know what, what's, what was up with UPS, but it was like scheduled for delivery, like middle of last week, but it didn't arrive until Monday morning. Um, it's the exact same computer. It's entirely fine. Um, and it's fine. And remind me, you're you're selling or like you're trading in your old one or something. Yep. Uh, so former chef special, not former. It, it is. It is not. It's it's still an ongoing chef special. Uh, Mac of all trades always offers like no hassle, very competitive resale value or trade in values on their computers. So I'm getting eleven hundred dollars for my old iMac. So how, how does, which for a computer do, do that they, I good? Do they send you a box for that thing? So you, so the deal is you can buy a box from them just because like for large things like desktop computers, it's like, it's much less forgiving than a laptop in terms of how you would pack it. Right. But I'm just, because since I bought basically like physically, it's exactly the same size computer. I'm just using the box of my new one. Mm, I'm using my noggin. Yeah. 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 That's like, that's, that's my thing with the, uh, with the Apple watch every year. Cause I, I, I upgrade my Apple watch every year and I, you know, sell my old one on eBay and it's, it's kind of a weird shaped box. So I ship the old one out in the shipping box that the new one came in. That's great. So at, <laughs> it's a circle of life, <laughs> which I think would have been the more accurate Lion King expression. Don't, uh, th- th- how dare you? <laughs> i'm sorry but um yeah that was a missed opportunity yeah for, okay. as, for, as, for as much as i've been listening to the lion king soundtrack recently too you'd think i'd i'd get that yeah still still on that hamilton hype um uh, yeah madeline's not not a huge fan of uh hamilton yet she prefers <laughs> the disney stuff does, does she does she start crying when when somebody asks uh 
who lives, who dies, who tells your story. <laughs> it just doesn't uh, it doesn't elicit the same smiles and laughs that uh, Disney soundtracks do. It, it gets it more of a kind of an inquisitive look. Have you played any Randy Newman for her or any like Toy Story soundtrack? I feel like that's a very kid friendly. It's got it's got some some fun sounds. I feel like she would like Toy Story. I don't know if we've done Toy Story. Well, we'll have, to, we'll have to do that one. And try a part of your world. Even even as a 30-ish year old person, I... I'm... Oh, Aladdin, both the new soundtrack and the old one, That there's a lot of that. Yeah. Bit of a... I always found Aladdin to be kind of a scary movie. Have you seen the new one? I forget. No. I'm, I'm a big fan of the new one. I liked it. Yeah. Oh, we, we, we did talk about this recently. Yeah. Anyway, so... I, Which one are you? I'm... I'm I'm I am the you're the you're the multi uh, iMac guy. I, I'm the Damian Lillard in this situation. <laughs> How dare you? Can you put a pin in this, or can uh, I don't know if I I haven't looked at the document for this week. I'm sorry. Uh, do we have the NBA in here? Um, I I had a potentially yeah a, yeah a sports the viewership. Yeah. See, I I put in a thing in the in the show notes about the viewership problems, which is something I'm unaware of. So I do want us to get to that. Uh, but yeah, so to put it in NBA parlance, I think that was that was a, that was a layup. You, that's what we did there. All right, so yeah, so I I will try to keep as many electronic boxes as I can, even though I live in a cozy spot. But that's interesting. So you 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 toss your Apple Watch thing because it's of an unconventional shape every year. Well, I I just I no I I have the the original like I keep the the packaging for it. And then I then I put the packaging in the shipping box from the new watch. Oh, you mean when you're eBaying it or something? Correct. Yeah. Oh, that's smart. I mean, that, that makes sense. But you're not throwing yeah. away the like you're not so you're not trying to sell your Series Four Apple Watch and then somebody's like, oh, I got upgraded to a Series Five and then they get bummed out that it's actually a Series Four on the inside. Oh no, that's no, no, how no. that's I, how I interpreted it. No, I it's the shipping's the shipping box that I use from the the new watch. Which got is just it. A brown box. Yeah, makes sense. Um, anyway, so yeah, the, the iMac is fine. So a, a couple things on specs. Um, I haven't actually benchmarked it because I spent most of my Monday setting it up because I'm not somebody who uses uh, Migration Assistant. I I guess too many years in, in Windows land. Um, this has me kind of the, the catharsis of reformatting a computer or, or just like doing a clean start. Like, I mean, back in the old days when we had to re- reinstall Windows XP every four months because it would just get weird. Um, I think that's kind of carried over. So whenever I get a new computer, I will, I will not transfer my stuff. I will just, um, set it up from scratch. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a good computer. Um, it's fine. I don't feel too bummed that, um, that I'm rebuying the same thing. Cause one, this eight core processor is, is very, very speedy. I, I feel fine with having skipped the option for the I nine, um, 64 gigs of Ram. Um, I was not aware that OS 10 will just use as much RAM as you give it because apparently Lightroom is very, very content to just use 25 gigs on its own for no apparent reason, which go you. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm very, very happy to have enough space where I don't have to worry about Lightroom previews anymore. And is the, the RAM upgrade that's pretty straightforward? Yeah. So it's just like the old one. Uh, so yeah, friend of the show, Jason Snell, when I, when I posted the, um, uh, the Axios interview um, meme. He did reply and uh, confirm that you can still upgrade the RAM. It's 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 such an oddly unApple like thing where you can literally like you just pop off the door and put in the RAM. There's no weird disassembly required whatsoever. Um. So yeah, you just pop off the door and pop in the the four sticks and 
uh, OWC, which is kind of the de facto place to get any aftermarket Apple upgrades without having to worry if something's legit or if it's going to work or not. Um, they, I think it was $259 for the same amount of RAM that Apple was charging $1,000 for. So, 259 bucks for 64 gigabytes of RAM? Of uh, 266, sorry, 2,666 megahertz DDR4, yeah. Wow. Hmm. Yeah. Time to be alive. Yeah, that's that's pretty good. Yeah. Um, yeah, anyways, computer's solid. It's fine. I do forget how... Oh, shit. Oh. Well, I forgot. You know that feature in Chrome where it'll tell you, it'll do a little confirmation window uh, when you accidentally hit Apple Q so that you don't accidentally oh, quit your browser? Uh-huh. I forgot yep. to turn that back on, so I just lost a ton of tabs. It's okay. No, I think when you open Chrome now, doesn't it keep all your tabs? Uh, no, but history luckily uh, gave me the option to restore all of them, so crisis mm. averted. Um, yeah, but I do forget how many custom things I have on here. Like, um, I guess this is as good a time as any. I'll give a couple of shareware picks. Um, have we talked about Better Touch Tool before? We have, yeah. Yeah, so that that's great. Um, uh, launch Bar is, is delightful. Um, I like Rocket which basically allows you to do like system-wide um, Slack-style emoji mm. where you can do the colon and then just type in um, like thinking face and then it'll do the thing for you, which is neat. But yeah, I've got a lot of weird custom apps that kind of, it does take a little bit of time for me to settle into a computer, but I was able to get it where I needed it to be within a within an afternoon. So, But like, are you are you like me where you actually kind of secretly enjoy that? Oh, no, I, I, I mean, I do. Yeah. Yeah, but I but it just kind of um um it, you you forget how many layers upon layers of like just cuz I'm somebody so I I use text expander uh, a lot and I would just when when I'm using a computer I'm just so uh, attuned to just typing semicolon em and having my email address auto populate and when you're setting in a computer and logging into a whole bunch of stuff where you need to type your email address and that doesn't work cuz you have an installed text expander it's very it's very weird. So knowing that there's a whole lot of different tools that you found that you really value that you gradually set up, like um I don't know, it's it's an experience. But yeah, it's it it's fine. Catalina's still a mixed bag. Um uh but it does have a uh Catalina has uh one of one of the best screensavers I've ever seen, and I don't know if this is new to Catalina or I've just never used it before. Uh but it is called drift oh what that's, that's some time that's some uh <laughs> i don't know if it if like after 30 minutes it shows some kansas spindrift but i mean it's pretty good um but yeah it's, it's a gorgeous screensaver where i actually have changed it where i will have the screen not sleep for like quite a while because i just like looking at it it's very pretty i just use the the thing where you you get the uh the apple tv screensavers Oh, that that not not bootleg, but like, but that kind of that that um like hobby project called Ariel. Is that what it's called? Yeah, yeah the one yeah. that basically is like it downloads all the the uh, the 1080 videos from with the flyovers. I think it I think it streams them. I don't even think it downloads them. But well, that, that's what you're gonna need the gigabit internet for. <laughs> but yeah, I I enjoy that. Yeah. Anyway, so new computer's good. Good. Um, let's want to do a couple of fun things. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So we, we demoted this from the intro, 
because uh, we thought it might be a bit much to have done five weeks in a row of starting the show off with somebody else's tweet. But another one of those memes um, that people do where they just ask a question that are that's designed for aging millennials. Like, I, I think this is this is our catnip of stuff that makes us feel old because like in our in our age bracket, we don't want to feel old, but we like joking that we are old, but we're not. But we actually are old. Mm-hmm. That made sense, right? Out. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, so this tweet was, uh, without revealing your age, comma, what's something you remember in gaming that if you told a younger person, they wouldn't understand? And there's a, a gif of that kid that John Syracuse likes. I think his name's Link. Yes. Yes. And for some reason, he's got an archery set with him. That's kind of, that's his thing, yeah. Is he is he like a Merida type? Uh, I guess. Hmm. Anyway, so um, yeah. So what's what's your what's your thing? My thing is the fact that when you used to buy a console, like think of a a Nintendo sixty four um, or an original PlayStation, those devices just weren't connected to the internet at all. <laughs> and the internet is just such a fundamental part of. And if you know you you can go for good or for bad, really, in, in some <laughs> cases with the internet, where I mean literally now the first time you power on a console, very likely the first thing you're doing is downloading a system update, and then every new game that you purchase, I mean assuming that you even purchase it on a disc, you might just end up downloading it, which of course then you're using the internet for, but even if you buy a game on a disc, it's very likely that the first thing you're doing is downloading a patch for that game. And then when you're playing games, even ones that are predominantly single-player experiences, almost every game now has some type of kind of perpetually connected aspect to it, um, where, you know, even if it's a single-player campaign, you'll have other, you know, real players popping in and out of your environment, things like that. Um, and really, like the, the most popular games in the world now are, you know, tend to be these online competitive games. So just the the internet is such a fundamental part of of games now that it's weird to think of these consoles and things that just like were not connected to the internet at all. Yeah, because that that was one of the weird things where. Um... What was the console that was the contemporary? I guess I guess it was the original Xbox that competed with. Um, so the the original PlayStation came out in like ninety five, right? Yeah, I, th- I think that's about right. Maybe a little earlier than that. Or I guess when did the Xbox come out? Because Xbox I, was two thousand or two thousand one. So Xbox competed with PS two. Correct, but it, it was Xbox came out kind of near the end of the playstation 2 which was which was one of the the problems then that the um the xbox had was that it it you know kind of it got you know kind of outdated pretty quick yeah actually i like so i'm not a gamer so i guess this is where like my uh knowledge will fall down and you can help fill in the gaps for me but like i didn't grow up in the sega era like i know there was the sega genesis and saturn and all those but i what i remember was that I don't think this was in the PS2 days. It was like right before it where Sega had the Dreamcast, yep. which was one of the first consoles where the internet actually was a part of it. Correct. Where that was yeah. a thing where the PS1, and I don't know what the 
Nintendo contemporary of the PS? Because it feels like it wasn't the N64, was it? The the N64 had no networking capability. Well, no, but what, what was the Nintendo gaming device that was out and new at the same time as like the original PlayStation? I guess that would have maybe been the Super Nintendo? No. When N64, Wikipedia. Because N64 is like 96, I think. Yeah. Wow. Good call. Uh, September 26, 1996. Mm-hmm. No, I, but, but so Alexa. No. Oh, no. I didn't mean Ash. I was joking. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, PlayStation released. Wikipedia. Um, yeah, so that it, it was re- the PlayStation was released December 1994. So I guess there was only one year where the PlayStation, because the Super Nintendo is not a contemporary of PlayStation at all. Right? I thought I kind of thought it was. But I mean, the graphics weren't comparable. And again, this, oh, I'm, well, not, that, not I mean, a gamer, well, but. PlayStation, I mean, the original PlayStation was a, was a huge leap forward in terms yeah. of introducing you know, 3D graphics. Yeah, so the SNES was released 1990. So I, I would say barely contemporaries but yeah so again back to the dreamcast thing where i remember that as having been kind of like the weird console where it was a little bit ahead of its time it was internet focused when that wasn't a thing and i think they all didn't they have like memory cards that were like games in and of themselves i did i make that up that i don't remember i thought the the dreamcast was all discs but but i, I definitely do re- remember the um internet connectivity and the weird weird controllers yeah but well that's the thing where i for uh, sony i actually think they for so like the company that like i enjoy a lot and makes a lot of then they make a lot of weird stuff it feels like the playstation controller has had the most um traditionalist approach where uh xbox like the the original xbox controller was was a, a disaster but um Nintendo tries to get super weird all the time where like the N64 didn't that have like it looked like a crab yeah that it, that was a really weird controller and didn't it have like a, a like a weird like tertiary button underneath the controller mhm yep yeah I'm, sorry, I'm trying to piece all this together I don't know anything about any of this kind of stuff but um yeah and I sent you a link where apparently Dreamcast had a thing called VMUs where the memory card actually had like a Game Boy built into it, sort of. Yeah, I guess I guess I do. So I I didn't I didn't own a Dreamcast, but I I do vaguely remember these now. Yeah, yeah. My um my first kind of weird internet experience with a console was I I had the original Xbox. Um, I I don't know if if I've ever told the story on the show before, but I sold my original nintendo and like all my games and accessories in order to save up for the original xbox which such a such a dumb move but the original xbox was objectively pretty bad right it wasn't great yeah it wasn't great i mean you know halo halo was cool i mean halo was like playing that for the first time right because it came with my the xbox bundle that i got like that was that was pretty neat um, like that cinematic, cinematic kind of setup of that was, was very novel at the time. Um, but the, the, the funny thing with the Xbox was that, so it, you know, it had an ethernet port on the back. Like it, it was internet like ready, 
Well, but when Microsoft. it was, what's that? Well, it was Microsoft. That that was their whole deal. It's like they're like we're going to bring a bunch of like the PC goodness and show. Well, what but a... but not not out of the gate though, because mm-hmm. when when the Xbox was released, Xbox Live. I don't know if it had been branded or like officially announced yet, but it but it was not a thing on the Xbox when it first came out. Like you could plug an Ethernet cable into the Xbox, but it didn't really do a whole lot. Like I, I guess mm-hmm. you know. It maybe you got patches and and system updates and things like that, but there was really no centralized um, competitive multiplayer or anything like that until they finally did roll out Xbox Live. Which, if I remember correctly, I think the way that worked was you had to like go out to a Best Buy or something and you had to buy a disc, which then <laughs> installed the Xbox Live kind of like software onto your Xbox. And then once you had that, then you you kind of had the connected Xbox experience, which, you know, to the credit of that system is exactly what Microsoft continues to use today. Um, can I can I use your story as a jumping off point for something? Sure. Else? Yeah. Well, so two, two questions. Um, well, actually, the first one, just because I'm going to forget, was there a game? Am I misremembering? Was there a game console where it, ha- it had the option of a Netflix client? but you had to put like a disc in like it was a video game in order to watch Netflix. I think I think the Wii was like was like that. That sounds maybe true cuz I remember the Wii was a weird console cuz it was like 480p when in an era of like Sony just making amazing graphics. Well now and um, that was that was Nintendo's first like internet connected console but it was super super duper half-assed. Well yeah, but they but they coasted or like they they capitalized on the whole like the sensor bar and the Wemo and Wii Sports where it was a very mediocre console, but in it especially in every technical aspect, but it was it, was, it overcame it through fun. Right. Um and then was Xbox Live always a paid for product? Would I forget which one it was or maybe it was PSN. I remember one of them was like our our big thing is, "Hey, the online gaming is free." And then uh, now everybody charges for it. Which is the one that was free for a while? I think PSN was was free. So Xbox has always been like twenty dollars a year or something. Correct. Yeah. Even even on that original Xbox, it was a paid for monthly thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, was it possible to squirt songs from a Zune to an original Xbox? Yeah, I think I think there was some type of Zune integration. Only if you had the brown one, though. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I do remember back in, in the late 2000s where, um, Microsoft had bet wrong on which format was going to win between HD, DVD, and Blu-ray. Yeah, well, you could, you could buy the, um, the external HD, DVD player for the uh, Xbox 360, yeah. And I remember when HD, DVD lost the format war, everybody was, like, scrambling to buy, like, $4 copies of, like, uh, Braveheart. And, right. Like, there was just, it was, a, it was a weird time. It was a much simpler time. <laughs> it was a much simpler time. Yeah. Um, so I can't find a link to it. Hopefully, you, you alluded to the fact that it was in the show notes somewhere, but I, I cannot find it for the life of me. But so, I, so going back to the original tweet, and I'll, I guess I'll give my answer to this question, which is, uh, so what makes you feel old? Um, again, not a gamer, but and we were not a household that had the disposable income to ever buy like first run like prestige consoles so like, i think like we got like an original nes uh with like the the light gun for duck hunt 
like in like 1993. So it was like already a decade old at that point. Cause we were, we were, we were just very cheap people. Um, but I remember something, uh, there we go. Okay. So, uh, Alex Rainert or Rainier, uh, whatever, something friends of the show, maybe unless he said <laughs> something problematic. I don't know. Don't look at the old tweets. Um, there was a thing where actually let's, let's step back. Uh, TVs used to not have HDMI. People think it's hard to make a TV do something now. It is not. In the old days, you had to screw in a coaxial cable and either adjust rabbit ear antennas or to, to watch television. And sometimes it would just be gray static. You remember that thing? Do you know that thing that's in the HBO logo? That used to be what TV was. I'm <laughs> yeah. not sure. I think that's very lost on young people. That they, they're just like wondering, like, what, what is this sound? Why, why, is, why, why is this all pixelated? That's what TV used to be like. When you couldn't get when when like the, when El Nino was happening and you couldn't watch Channel Seven because the the thing was too far away, that's that that's what TV used to be like. But when you had a VCR or you had a game console, what you had to do was plug in like you had to daisy chain a thing from the coaxial input on the TV to the game console, and there would be this little box that you'll put a picture link in of the show uh, where you had to tune the tv to channel either channel three or channel four because again depending on where you lived sometimes that was an actual tv channel and you would do a little switchy thing that would then your your game console would take over whatever channel three or channel four was and this is similarly how vcrs worked and vcrs were a thing where you could insert magnetic tape that spun at a specific speed so that you could record the simpsons off channel 11 at six o'clock i don't like being old <laughs> so you know what the successor to this was so i think like the nintendo 64 and then i, I we, we never were a playstation household so i don't remember what this what the transition was there but then the same with the original xbox where you know they got rid of the coax connection and they you know started adapting you know first i guess it was composite and then eventually went to component Mm -hmm. but it wasn't like you just bought, you know, a standard set of composite or component cables and, and plugged it into the back of the, of the box. It was this proprietary thing that would connect to the, you know, the back of your Nintendo 64 or the back of your Xbox that would then break out into oh, composite oh, or component. Oh, yes. So that, that brings back memories of the original PlayStation, which it had, like it was, People people think lightning is proprietary. Like there, it was the weirdest damn connector, where it was just like, um, trying to think, like it, it was like the the size of like half a pack of gum, and it made no sense, and it would plug into nothing else, and it it was like sixty dollars if you ever lost or broke it, and then that one weird funky cable would ex exactly right, it would then split off into the um the yellow, white, and red cables that would actually be a, another good answer to this whole topic would just be the idea of proprietary connections and accessories because when you when you look at like a an xbox one or a playstation 4 there's nothing on those boxes anymore really that's proprietary well, they're so, all using well, let me ask so what i because i that is one other holdover of game consoles that i remember is that the power adapters were always weird so have modern consoles done the thing where it's basically just a standard like power like 
kind of like like a PC tower where it's just like the standard plug that would go into like a printer? Or do they still have the thing where it's like a funky number of pins and it has that little like the, you know, like how there's always the big box? Like it, the, there's the power cable that goes in the wall. Then there's this big like brick. And then there's the other thing that goes into the console. Are they still like that? I think the power adapter on like the Xbox One and PlayStation 4 just built into the units themselves. So then, you know, you just have a standard Google this. grounded, you know, plug that you'd hook a monitor or anything up with. <laughs> up close with the Xbox One picks of the backside. That sounds weird. Um, it, it kind of looks, oh man, I forgot about the connect. <laughs> it lo- okay. It does look fairly standard. Yeah. It's got just kind of that two. I think, yeah, I think, I think that stuff is standard now, but, and, and everything else for sure is like the controllers are now, you know, Bluetooth or, um, USB, um, you know, the whole idea of like having proprietary memory cards is, is totally gone. Like with both the PlayStation four and Xbox one, you can just literally connect any external USB hard drive to those things. And, you know, just use those as extra storage. Like even Nintendo just uses SD cards for um, expanding storage on the switch. So like everything is just pretty standardized now. And of course, you know, for audio and video, it's all just, hdmi now weird times i guess technology is sort of getting better sometimes yeah i think the audio video stuff is definitely getting better i mean you you do still and if you go back a couple years on this show like when you and i got our first 4k tvs those awful samsung tvs that we got like there there is still a little bit of wonkiness with like different hdmi standards and like what supports you know full 4k hdr and all that but i think i think even that stuff's starting to get a little bit better but i i remember when like with the apple tv 4k first came out having to empty a box of hdmi cables and only one of them would actually not flicker when it would do a dolby vision i was and there was no reason why like the thickness of the cable the newness of the cable none of it it made no sense no that's, that's still the same with mine like i have one hdmi cable that <laughs> i think it's like unbranded like i don't even really remember where it's from how old it is but it's like the only hdmi cable i have that just works with the apple tv good times okay so one last thing about gaming and then we will cover one thing maybe actually one other thing that maybe involves gaming um goose game uh untitled goose game is coming out with an update uh where two player talk talk about xbox live um you can now play as two or you and a friend can play as um two geese adding havoc to um to farmers and villagers lives in that game so pretty cool i'm glad that they're still getting some mileage out of that because remember before the pandemic that would uh people were just playing that lizzo song and people are being very happy about this goose game much simpler times what uh, what platform do you have this for i have it for os 10 <laughs> okay and uh, that was the one thing when I was getting this new computer, I didn't know which, because I don't know shit about video cards. Um, and I assumed none of the video card options that are made for an iMac are any good. So I just got the entry level one just because uh, Lightroom and um, Adobe Creative Cloud do not effectively use graphics processors uh, on the Mac. So I just, it, 
they're very good at parallelization of um, tasks with multi-core and threaded processors, but graphics card, not so much. I think your iMac could probably handle Untitled Goose Game, though. Oh, no, I've played it. Yeah, it's fine. It runs adequately well. Yeah, I would I would like to think your $3,000 computer could run that game. Uh, knowing, knowing Apple, uh, probably not. They probably wish I would have paid 30% more for no good reason. Mm. Want to talk about the only actual... Uh, was there anything else on here? Hold on, hold on, hold on. No, I, I think I think this. we should get into this, and then I want to table the gig worker stuff until next week, because that, that stuff's kind of mid-flight, as you would say. All right. Want to get into big stuff? Uh, yeah, I think we got we got really just like one one big topic this week, the Apple stuff. We'll make this quick. Uh, famous last words. Uh, so <laughs> this is the very best. So happy. And we're going to talk about why people think that people shouldn't be happy about this. And a lot of there's there's been so many, so many bad takes about this. And, and we'll we'll get to the bottom of it. But uh, astute listeners and, and uh, watchers of uh, our show and of uh, the greater tech ecosystem. I hate that phrase. Um, have noticed that in the past few years, Apple has had a um, a big push for what is called services revenue. Because as mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's, you know, the the, the uh, what is it? ARR? Does that does that does that count in consumer products or is that strictly a B two B thing? I know. I, th- I think that that can that can apply just about anywhere. No. Um, yeah. So Apple the, once once iPhone sales plateaued and they wanted to maybe diversify their business a little bit and they didn't want to be reliant for sixty nine percent of their revenue derived from a single product category that was leading to longer and longer upgrade cycles. Uh, Apple thought, you know what? Hey, Tim's a smart guy. He he figured that we need a new source. We need a new growth and profit center uh, in our company. And they decided that was going to be a catch-all category called services. Uh, so Ryan, can you tell me what comprises the services category? So it's, it's kind of a lot now, right? So it's, it'd be things like Apple TV plus, Mm-hmm. Apple Arcade, mm-hmm. Apple News Plus. That's Apple sweet, sweet. iCloud Storage. <laughs> yeah, iCloud, Apple Music. Um, and? What am I forgetting? The App Store. Oh, that, yeah, duh. That that's App right. Store. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. So that's, that, that, that's, that's where this whole thing gets interesting. So again, so that's where, uh, as you've been using your iPhone, you may have seen that you're getting all this weird stuff where... Every time I open the settings app on my phone, my phone is inviting me to redeem the free gift that Tim has given me, where I'm constantly getting reminded, one, I haven't signed up for Apple Care. My phone tells me I'm a bad person. Uh, and that I, I still have not signed up for this recurring service of Apple TV+. Plus. So also a bad, very bad thing. Journalists like Joanna Stern and Casey Johnson and, and a lot of people on the, on the Apple beat have complained about the fact that um, Apple has still only gives you five gigabytes of iCloud space to back up your phones, which thankfully, I mean, again, I'm not sure if this is really worthy of praise, but they've finally acknowledged that the lowest storage tier on iPhones in a day where flash memory is super cheap, maybe shouldn't be like eight or 16 gigs and it's now 64. But even as that has changed and Apple phones have gotten way more expensive where, um, you have a, a, a 256 iPhone 11 pro max, right? Right. That phone is twelve hundred and fifty dollars, right? I mean, I'm I'm on the iPhone upgrade program, so I'm one of those terrible people that doesn't think about the true cost of their phone. But yeah, that sounds about right. 
um yeah um times 24 so um yeah so that very very costly phone uh comes with oh again maybe, maybe i can remember uh, this time what number to divide into what so five gigabytes is 1.95 percent of 256 gigs so if you buy that very very costly phone from apple you can't actually back it up uh, unless you pay apple monthly for storage space again it's fine things should cost money google has inappropriately taught us that nothing should cost money and you pay with your data so the eh, tech's complicated but um so a big chunk of services revenue comes from the app store so it's not all this consumer facing stuff which is what most people think about uh in terms of apple making a worse experience in the quest and their endless thirst for services revenue uh, but that also happens to do with the app store and a long time ago uh steve jobs said oh you were not even hoping to make i forget what the quote is and people can look it up but we're not even hoping to make money from the app store it's gonna be like a break-even thing and we think that this 30 percent split covers transaction processing in our time and whatever whatever he he was always less verbose than than me um but in recent years as apple's focus has shifted to seeing services as a profit center and the fact that tim is constantly patting himself and the company on the back for how aggressively they have been able to beat targets and grow their services revenue and diversify um revenue across the company that uh they have been uh become i would say uh, a lot less customer friendly um and a lot more blood sucking in terms of and rent seeking in terms of how they operate the app store and the types of weird backroom deals and um, uh, obstinance at which they approach how they run it. Um, so we've seen, what is it, not even two months ago, there was the whole hay thing where um, a company that was making a new uh, paid-for email application uh Apple was rejecting any updates that they wanted to do because um, Apple was upset that there was no way to sign up for the service inside of the app, even though the app didn't tell people, hey, go sign up for it somewhere else. It was just Apple felt that because they allow uh, this developer to grace uh, to uh, to grace the iPhone with their presence, that Apple should be entitled to 30% of any uh, money that anybody makes ever. Uh, so now there's a there's a game called fortnite which i don't know what this is i've heard of a term in gaming called PUBG. is that what this is uh this is a game that's well it's is PUBG a game genre. or is PUBG is well, yeah it's a thing where people fight and it's there's many people that play yes that that shows how how old i am i so PUBG is is it was kind of the original one of these um battle royale games where you've got a very large number of people who are all dropped into this central location and it's it's basically everybody for their themselves and the last one standing wins and fortnite came along kind of in the in the footsteps of PUBG and is is the um like PUBG is the very like gritty realistic kind of game and then fortnite's kind of cartoony and like more kid friendly and stuff, I guess. And that's the thing where, uh, as an outsider, Fortnite feels like it. Yeah, it is more cartoonish, but it also it's more about like a lot of the frivolous stuff. Where I think the way that Fortnite makes their money is um, selling uh, tweens skins and stuff. And like, it's not really like you're not really paying to win the game. 
you're mostly paying for like cosmetics where like you're paying ten dollars to have your your character like do the Carlton dance from Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Is that I, I think I'm not making that up. I th- I think Fortnite is I mean I also have never played it, but I I think it's free to play. Yeah, and, but yeah, but it's the, it's it's the thing where like again the whole point is to make kids feel bad that they're not spending money on a game because their their rich friend has like a like all the coolest skins like i think that's where like so there's a thing called v bucks i think right v bucks um that that's their in-game currency yeah that that's what it's called uh where you can buy stuff with it in like their own little economy and that's how you like up your character i don't think you can like play to win or pay to win like a lot of the other games that you can but yeah so anyway so um whenever you buy that in-game currency through the uh the apple app store or the google play store apple has had like its long-standing thing that uh any type of uh transaction like that is subject to apple's 30 percent cut whether or not they really provided any value or not and on august 13th um fortnite implemented their own payment system inside of the application where sure if you wanted to purchase this using your itunes or your app store account you totally could but if the, you used the epic uh games direct payment system you could do so and you would get a 20 percent discount or a 20 percent bonus or or what have you the app was uh well and, and we and we should clarify that this up this like feature implementation was not obvious like it was something that was baked into the app that they turned on at a later date it's not like apple changed their mind or let something slip during app review like it was surreptitiously added uh, a couple hours after this was uh made known and people saw it and uh, and epic has been having a very um uh aggressive push with informing with with keeping the press uh looped into every single move that they've been making in this whole chess game uh apple uh booted fortnite from the from the app store uh within hours uh epic games then filed a lawsuit in northern california against apple um and then we should also say even though our conversation is going to focus almost entirely on apple that similar rules apply on the go on google's android platform and on the play store and it was also booted from the play store and uh they also sued google as well um but the 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 reason why this is interesting is one the relevance towards uh hey spotify and a whole ton of other applications that have run up against and and lost or been kind of set a stalemate with apple's um, unreasonable request for a cut and kind of the way that they shamelessness is not the word but like where epic has been like they of this this was all intentional and they knew what was going to happen but that they've just so quickly one they've had like viral marketing material to accompany it for the consumer facing side the fact that they had a lawsuit that was prepared in advance that was written so clearly to be consumable by the public um and all of this like they they knew exactly at every step of the way what like what the obvious moves apple was going to make were going to be um in response to this and they basically smelled that in the water that because of probably i assume they paid attention to the hay thing that they saw where um 
I forget what the Spotify thing was. Uh, Spotify time to play fair. Yeah, so time to play fair.com. Uh, I think we talked about this last year where Spotify uh, made a website uh, marketing to consumers and regular people to let them know that, hey, Apple doesn't actually compete fairly, that they have their own in-house service where they don't have to pay any of this kind of stuff. Um, it's priced exactly the same as Spotify, yet that they, that they take 30% of what we make and it's um it's competitive or it's predatory pricing and it's an unfair playing field and so many other antitrust complaints that they they had uh so anyway um yeah so the as things stand now epic games did a publicity stunt to give people a discount and make sure that they understood how much money apple takes from them apple booted them off the app store epic sued them and the most recent update is that on monday Apple said that they will be revoking Epic's uh, developer license or something to the point where they will no longer be able to do something. That part I don't actually understand all that much. But basically, yeah, I, I think they it's it's their um, I forget what the name of it is, but it's it's basically like every developer now has like this you know like kind of like signed key, I guess that 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 allows their software to run on um, Apple operating systems. And they're, they're, I guess, planning to revoke that, I think. So I guess my question is, does that mean that, so uh, Fortnite is off of the App Store, but as of now, everybody who already has it installed can still use it. So does that mean that on August 28th, anybody who has it, they will like just delete itself from their phones or they won't be able to launch the app anymore? Actually, no. So real time follow up here so i guess their apple is threatening to cut off their um access to um ios and mac development tools but i guess their current software which is already out there would continue to be available i think got it so yeah so i guess this is my question so what do you think and then we will branch this conversation out to i guess a, a few more fundamental questions because I, I feel like this conversation it's really weird and also i'd like i i guess i would disagree with so many of the takes of people generally in this sphere who i think are approaching it too shallowly uh, so yeah so just like hot takes like what, what what how do you feel about all this and what what are your thoughts so this this comes on the heels of another really interesting story that kind of happened during the the week that we took off, which was Apple not allowing Microsoft to have their Xbox Game Pass service um, on iOS, which is which is a kind of Google Stadia like type service where users would be able to stream Xbox games um, from the cloud onto. De- like other devices other than their Xbox, so phones and tablets and things like that. And Apple, you know, kind of had this, you know, bogus answer about how they couldn't, you know, they couldn't allow this type of app to be on the App Store because they wouldn't be able to review every game on the service, which is, of course, a bunch of nonsense because things like Netflix, et cetera, exist uh, on the App Store. Um. The thing, the thing with the the Epic case, um, which yeah, the reason I bring up all the reason I brought up the Microsoft thing will make sense in a minute. The the thing with the the Epic situation is, 
I, I agree with Epic's position. The way they've gone about it, and that you, I think you used the phrase like publicity stunt. I'm not like I'm not a huge fan of 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 all that. And they've also tried to frame the conversation around like them, you know, helping the little guy, right? Like I think they um they had announced some like coalition of, of developers that also felt, you know, shorted by Apple's App Store policies. Like I I don't believe for for one second that Epic <laughs> cares about any of these other developers but um nonetheless i think their their core point um is right but the the reason i brought up the microsoft thing is because in that case i didn't think apple's answer was genuine it was it was just a bunch of, of bs like it, what they really were what they really should have come out and said was this xbox live game pass service can't be on ios because there's no way for us to get our cut and to be honest i would have had a lot more respect for them had they just come out and been honest about it in that way which i think now in the case of of epic both sides have sort of just been kind of transparent um and have you know not really given any you know public bs spin on any of it like was the case with the with the Microsoft situation. You know, in terms of like what like what happens next or like how you how you rectify this. Like that's that's the part that I'm still kind of struggling with. Like you can you can you can disagree with Apple's 30% policy, but I guess like what do you do about it? That's 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 the part that I fall short on. Yeah. Um so th this this is the thing where we're at a really weird time right now and and hopefully again fingers crossed for November that that we that thing things change a little bit. Because there was also a story that I think puts us into stark relief today, where uh, Apple was uh, briefly through market capitalization, the as a, as a metric, uh, the a, a two trillion dollar company, and and that's well deserved for a lot of reasons. Where Apple is one of is Apple is one of the least bad technology companies. I would like to put it on the record that Apple is one is a very bad technology company because in the past it was generally pretty clear to say that. They had the best interest of users at heart um, and that they tried to make the best products that they can. I would say, and this is probably something that will, I, I've been meaning to write this out in like a longer form thing or to try to like piece out my feelings about it. But I think it's very clear to say that Apple no longer worries about making the best products that they can. Like it, it, we're, we're, to quote Elizabeth Warren, I'm a capitalist. Like I, I, I get it. But we're no longer at a stage where you think Apple is making is trying to make the most money from making the best products that they can because of the drive for that services revenue. They are making a lot of decisions that make the consumer worse off because they are trying to protect their like app store racket, which is something that they should not that legally there should be a lot of regulation that allows that does not allow Apple to operate the app store as they have. So to your point where you said 
you aren't really sure what should be done about the 30% cut or where things go from here. Like, I think there's a couple of obvious solutions to it or, or ways that Apple could, um, get a lot of the heat off of themselves from a regulatory approach. And I know again, Kamala Harris is a friend of, of the tech industry. And I I don't think we're going to get the change that we necessarily would want in this regard. But I, I find it super strange that Apple has like, especially in an election year and especially when there's so much attention focused on them already that they are choosing to dig their heels in on like really weird and petty stuff. Like I feel like if they had not had the whole like, Hey, email app dust up that this wouldn't be happening right now. Like, I think Epic was like, you know what? There was this, there was this controversy with this weird, very pretty sympathetic email developer. I think we, as a, you know, like, like I, I don't know about Fortnite or care about any of that stuff, but I feel like they're probably like they're a huge corporation. They make tons of money and they make most of their money by selling 11 year olds skins and, and just stuff that shouldn't cost money. Like I, I, I don't think Epic is in a noble business, but when you compare them to Apple, who is trying so hard to extract 30% from everybody for doing basically nothing, that's the part where it's really tricky. And Apple has dug in their heels and is just a, a inviting so much scrutiny at a time where they could just not they could they could be 20 percent less shitty and let facebook get all like the brunt of all like the tech hate but because they keep doing this weird stuff they keep inviting themselves into that conversation as pandemic profiteers and a company that is using mob style tactics to 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 get theirs like it's just so weird that Schiller on his way out is choosing so to just do this in such a like a steadfast way. It's just like so strange because like there's a couple of obvious solutions and you can tell me if these are right or wrong or probable or or what the deal is. So one of the biggest things of where people complain is Apple wants a 30% cut of everything that goes through the app store. That is the reason that you can't buy Kindle books inside of the Kindle app. And even though that's a complicated example because Amazon and Apple have struck weird sketchy deals in order to get closer to like a consumer friendly solution that's not the same way that happens for everybody um so the solutions that you could do would be like hey your your netflix you could easily like because right now because netflix doesn't want to give apple 30 percent, you can't sign up for netflix in the app and you don't get told inside of the application how to sign up for netflix you just have to figure it out to the point where and i like that john gruber always brings up this example where as a workaround Netflix actually has a thing where you can call them and they actually pay to operate a call center of human beings who will tell you, oh yeah, you just go to netflix.com to sign up because Apple will not allow them to do that, which is fucking bananas. So the simple solution would be that Apple could be like, hey, uh, it's okay for you to sign up to say, hey, you can't sign up in the app, but you can go to netflix.com and sign up. That would be fine. Uh, or if let's say you, what's, what's an example of an app that you could easily transact business outside of? Say that again. Like what, like what's, what's an app where you could, like, there's an easy solution away from like, let's, let's pretend it's overcast where like, even though Marco has kind of said that he thinks like he is very much against the 30% cut, but he's like, because of what I do and the benefits that the app store provides, 
like for a lot of stuff like he's he's he thinks it's a fair deal to get 30 percent. i actually think for small to medium-sized developers that actually is very true but like where he could just have a thing where it says hey you can also go to overcast.com to sign up and it costs less because that's the deal where there's so many services where the service inside of the app store just has 30 percent tacked onto it because that's the only way for them to make money like i think if you sign up for pandora or like or spotify actually i don't th- i don't even think spotify lets you sign up in app anymore but there's a number of services that do still offer apple based subscriptions that they just add 30 percent to it so if they made it if apple loosened up the rule on you can tell people how to sign up and you can do it outside of the application that solves a ton of problems like that would almost entirely avoid all of this because if if the app store wanted to compete and offer a compelling solution to people that made that 30 percent more appealing to people or if they had to compete with stripe or or you could say hey you know what we're reducing our app store fee down to 15 percent and even though stripe only wants to charge you four percent for transaction processing because we have 900 million customers with credit card info already loaded and are one tap away from buying your application and because we handle all the chargebacks we handle everything for you we think this is a very fair deal that would be totally fine and that would solve so many of these issues but apple is so married to that 30 percent and making sure that you can't do anything that makes money without them getting some of the some of it is something that i think is really problematic and they need to figure out what they're going to do about it or they're going to get legislated to do something out of it so I guess like, so I, I want to know which solution, if any, do you think actually make this problem go away? Or do you think this is just going to be something that drags on in court forever? It seems like something that's just going to drag on in court forever because the the only sort of permanent fix outside of Apple just deciding to change their position would have to come through legislation. And it just doesn't seem like this Congress or likely any future Congress in the near term is going to be able to build any kind of consensus around something like that. Um, and I, I'm, not, I'm not necessarily saying that that would lead to a good resolution, but I just, I don't see any other external party being able to force Apple to to change the way they do business. So, so, you, so you're of the opinion that no matter how much public pressure there is, or if Epic Games is able to create a coalition that includes Spotify and um, uh, maybe I don't know if Netflix would join in because I know Amazon again they've they've struck like a weird backroom deal about this, but if they were able to create enough pressure, you don't think you don't think this is gonna be a case where the pressure mounts enough where Apple eventually says okay fine it's fifteen percent. You don't you don't think they're gonna make any type of change. I think from Apple's perspective, if they were to to game that out, as you're famous for saying, mm-hmm. theory. <laughs> so they they change from thirty percent to fifteen percent. So five years from now, when this whole same thing happens again, with people complaining that fifteen percent is too high, what do they do then? Like I, for them, I'm not really sure what the end game there would be. Um, I I I think maybe slightly changing the conversation here. 
what I would like to what I would like to see Apple do. So maybe talking about instead of talking about like fixes, like what I wish Apple would sort of do on their own is what Jason Snell and others have done a far better job than I'm sure I will uh, articulating, which is it's frustrating that Apple doesn't view developers and the software that developers put on their platform as adding value to their to their platform and to their products like the iPhone just for being there. Like for Apple, it's all about that 30%, which is just it it's especially crazy given that it's not like Apple sells the iPhone at a break even level or maybe even as like a loss leader and then like the only way they make money is that 30%. Like <laughs> like the app store are there in cartridges? Yeah. yeah no. Like you know, they have some of the highest gross margins mm-hmm. on hardware of of any company in Silicon Valley. And so you know, that that honestly shouldn't even be part of the conversation, but it just it just goes to highlight how extra absurd Apple's position is here. So, so you 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 bring up an amazing point, which is in this transaction, I think there's three parties. So you have you have Apple, you have the developers, and you have the users. Where I feel like through most of this, and going back to the kind of that original Steve Jobs quote, is when Apple was still trying to figure out what the App Store was and how that benefited consumers or made the the platform richer. Through almost all of this, and specifically, if people want to go Google. Every bit of correspondence that Apple has related to the Hey thing or the Fortnite thing or any of these developer squabbles, in every bit of communication that they give, they never acknowledge, and a lot of times they try to um, actually uh, push uh, push against it, in suggesting that anybody but Apple provides any value to the iPhone whatsoever. That it's the thing of, hey, we give it, we, we're giving away Xcode for free and your app your Apple developer membership only costs $99 a year that you are able to access the holy platform of the iPhone and iOS and you owe us something that Apple never seems to acknowledge that the, a wide swath of applications and all of this great software that is not first party is something that makes the iPhone a more attractive product to customers. They don't see the app store as a value additive ecosystem play other than the fact that it allows them to boost their services revenue. Like it feels like they have like just like this weird perverse and, and adversarial relationship with the developers, which even though Apple is a monopoly in this regard, isn't actually in a position that they should take. Like, cause I, cause and that, cause that's what they're banking on, which is that Apple thinks that they have a such a dominant position and that uh, iPhone users are more, um, like generally a little bit wealthier and more willing to spend money on software and digital goods that they feel like, you know what, again, it's your privilege to develop on this platform and we hold all the cards and developers are serfs and we get to dictate everything. And that's the weird part where Apple doesn't even seem to think that they need to pretend that people who make the software matter or that any part of this matters other than them getting their 30% rake on it. And that's just so weird where normally you'd think from a PR offensive, you'd actually try to pay lip service to that type of thing, but they don't. Well, and I, I think 
the explanation in a lot of ways is is kind of simple, which is, you know, Apple's priority used to be solely about selling more iPhones. And back in kind of back in that mentality, viewing the App Store as being additive to the iPhone and, and helping you with the goal of selling more iPhones probably made a lot of sense. But now, you know, Apple is just absolutely dead set on increasing services revenue. That's that's all they care about. Um I mean it really is. No, like, it's, it's absolutely right. Um and you know, there's been a kind of a complete just hole in new uh hardware over the past I mean you could probably make a lot of arguments going all the way back to the iPhone really. Um I mean the the iPad ish maybe um but over the past decade I mean Apple's been super plugged into this this services thing and it, it, it all their decisions seem to come down to how can we increase services revenue and having applications on your platform that are monetized outside that that 30% cut obviously doesn't help you with that goal and so you know again like it's just it's disappointing that apple's sort of corporate strategy and goals have changed in a way that have made have made their app store policies just kind of further um out of touch with with what's best for developers and what's best for customers. Yeah. Uh, you make a really good point in that like like something eventually does have to change with that attitude and opinion because I I know it's going to be really hard for it to actually get to the point where people are turned off from buying the phones. Like, I feel like developers actually make a strong enough case because, like, I think Spotify did not do it well in terms of trying to educate consumers of why they should be on their side. Because it's tough to make people care when it doesn't really affect you. But, like, a lot of other businesses, like, just can't really operate on 30% margins. So, like, it, it's weird that just Apple, like, just that they're allowing one single metric and one source of revenue to decide the course of their entire business and that it's challenging that apple doesn't really understand what made them successful in the first place and they're they're playing like a, they're playing a microsoft game they're playing a game of other large corporations and software behemoths of the past where they are focusing on short-term gain versus the long term and their their whole hope is that everybody else continues to be mediocre enough where it doesn't actually matter and that's that just feels like a bad strategy um overall so yeah i mean i don't i don't know uh so i guess what so, so what, let me do you have anything else or do you want to uh, do some predictions I, I think that's all i got okay so i guess so august 28th which fucking what, what day is it even this it's the it's the 19th it's this has been a long august um what do you think happens like, where do you think we are on the 28th when there's a loom? So Apple gave um, uh, Fortnite a deadline of they were going to remove their developer profile in a Fortnite, which was fairly clever. Um, where do you think we are? 
does anybody give an inch? Do you think, because uh, there's no way they're going to get, um, what is it? An injunction, a cease and desist, a stay. What What is it called in the court? What does Epic want? I'm 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 not a lawyer. You just play one on TV. You're like Barry Zuckercorn. Um. Uh. Yeah. So like, just yeah. Where where do, where do you think we are? Or do you think just basically Epic is going to be like, oh well, I guess there are. Do you like? Do you think they're banking? What What do you think? Not even what do you think is going to happen. What do you think Epic wants? Do you think they want it to be to a point where Apple is like, well, we're just deleting Fortnite off everybody's phone? And that they hope that everybody's so pissed that it just blows up in Apple's face to a point where they can't ignore it. Like, what what do you think they want to happen? Because, like, uh, so when you think about this right now, like, they had to make a calculated decision of, so, like, they think, okay, we're already installed on 45 million handsets. I, like, I have no idea. But, like, anybody who wanted to download Fortnite probably already has it. Like, maybe people are, like, heard about it now. And they're like, oh, I wish I could download that. But like they made that calculated decision that they knew they were going to get pulled from the app store, but that they had a large enough install base that it wouldn't matter. So like, do, do you think they hope that Apple tries to do the nuclear option so that way they have a ton of pissed off teenagers that it is because that's the problem where it seems like it, it just never sticks with Apple where like, hey, is like a, a small enough, like even though it's a big story in like the T word world, like nobody knows what hey is or that. I don't think anybody knows that Apple skims 30% off the top. And so many companies that have tried this in the past haven't been able to communicate it to the public. So I guess, do you, do you think Epic hopes Apple does the nuclear option? I guess I haven't looked at the numbers closely. Others have made the point that the amount that Epic makes off of Fortnite on iOS is kind of much, much smaller than what they make from it on other platforms. So I I guess assuming that's true and that they Epic could basically chalk up not having any more revenue from iOS or having that revenue be severely reduced um you know as assume, assuming that's true I I guess they they are okay with Apple kind of um moving forward with their threat but I don't know. I I still I still think between the two parties Epic would be the one more likely to to back down than Apple would. <laughs> Do you know anything about the CEO? No. Like I feel like in a lot of the conversation that I've heard about this in and reading about it is that it sounds like the guy is kind of a like he he's like willing to take this bet. Like and he's just he's kind of Yeah, so I I don't know. Like I is it F like Fortnite seems like one of those things that's just so cemented in it where that's the really interesting part about this. Like it feels like this is the one company where I guess maybe there's like I know I know some people like it. I never can I can never understand whether Fortnite or Minecraft are actually popular or if kids are like that's that's so over it. Um but it feels like this is the a large enough captive audience where if somebody's gonna have a shot of forcing Apple's hand of not being so shitty about the app store anymore and actually forcing some change where so many others have failed like this is going to be it because fortnite has like and also we're not gonna get into it because we're, we're running a long time but like fortnite has been fighting with google for this for the long time where where they've even pulled them they like for i think a year and a half took themselves out of the play store 
and tried to teach people how to sideload applications, which you can do on Google phones. And it's just Google kind of, kind of like how OS 10 works. They try to make it sound really, 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 really appealing and scary, uh, unappealing and scary to install any like non play store applications. But lately they've tried this cause they didn't want to pay the 30% to, to Google. So I feel like that, like I, I think they're committed to this and I really hope they are. Cause it, cause if not them, then who? Like, cause, cause if Microsoft wasn't even able to get Apple to not, not be crappy about it with the whole Xbox game pass cloud thingy, like then just, then who? And that's the, and again, we're not going to get into it, but like, this is also, there was a story that came out about how uh, Apple is trying to get ClassPass and a whole bunch of other companies that are trying to pivot their businesses to virtual because of the pandemic. And they're like, oh yeah, actually we want 30% of that. Otherwise the next time you want to do anything, we're we're just going to, we're just going to tell you to fuck off. Like that's, that's really not good. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Like, so I, I think like if, if not epic then who yeah i i yeah i i agree and that that's that goes kind of bringing it full circle like that's why i just don't really know what the answer is here and how it plays out because i'm skeptical that that even epic's going to be able to affect the change that they're looking for and if to your point if they can't do it then then who's going to yeah yeah and and again who lastly to, to round this out whoever can get the spell broken that apple is a good company i think wins a lot because it goes back down to like that apple is one of the least bad companies but i think most like your average person doesn't think like i think when they run into the icloud storage thing they think they've done something wrong not apple like, i i don't think the average person knows that apple takes a 30 percent cut of every transaction for no good reason like, I just feel like there's this weird perception issue where Apple gets to kind of be the socially progressive, cool company. And in a lot of ways, they're like, they operate like they're Walmart or anybody. Like the same way Walmart tries to squeeze Heinz for every inch of shelf space. Like it's, it's, it's a similar concept. Mm-hmm. All right. Chef specials. Uh, let's do it. I'm going to, I'm going to make a, um, baby related pick which I, i'm not sure i actually ever have before surprisingly on the show although it kind of goes back to the point that we've made before which is a lot of baby stuff is just kind of not very good um but uh, i'm gonna pick the the baby monitor that we've been been using the um eufy security video baby monitor with camera and audio because yeah you want you want both video and audio um <laughs> kind of part of the deal <laughs> I was initially, you know, kind of sad not to have a like smart baby monitor, but it's actually awesome having one with just a reliable local connection that, you know, doesn't <laughs> doesn't have to go through some, you know, weird Wi-Fi setup. And, you know, while obviously we're not really doing any traveling or anything, like, you know, we've we've stayed overnight at a couple of other places outside of our home and you know it, it's super duper easy to set this thing up instantly anywhere or even just anywhere else kind of um in the house at any given time and you never have to worry about it reconnecting to your wi-fi or 
going through some smartphone app or whatever, um, it's it's reliable. It's super easy to set up, and the the little video monitor is actually surprisingly high resolution and good quality, especially for for the price of this thing. So, um, yeah, um, just a good a good simple product that doesn't try to do more than what it needs to do. So it is a so a couple of points on this. So do you still have the Amazon product page up? I do. Okay. So the third image on here. I like, like their their selling point is well, you don't want a pixelated baby because it's so artificially done where it looks like it's an image you downloaded over a twenty eight eight modem. Yeah, definitely not 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 off of uh, Xfinity's Gigabit Pro connection. Yeah, yeah. blast. Um, so this is cool, and I like the design where it's not over engineered. So, do you know who makes Yuffie? No, Anchor. Mm, that's why it's good yeah I, I got i bought a scale from them on black friday and it was very bad but um this is interesting did you because i know from <laughs> this is gonna sound weird all the mommy bloggers i follow on instagram because some of them have cute dogs there was and i think the arments also have it there was kind of like one like de facto motorola like baby monitor that everybody has did you ever look into that one I think I saw that one like at Best Buy or something. Yeah. Is is that is that the one that does both a local connection and has the ability to work over Wi-Fi? I have no idea. Or am I thinking of something different? I just know there's one that it like it it looks very not not iconic, but like it it's the one that everybody has. Um but yeah, interesting. And apparently this this has the wire cutter uh That's that's how approval. we found it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um well neat. Um, does it, um, I'm sorry, does this, uh, does this go up to the cloud like nest or is it like a local area network thing for like privacy? It's just a strictly local area network thing. That's cool. Or, I mean, that, that's, that's nice where it feels like, cause I assume nest or like Netgear makes something like this, right? Uh, I mean, yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah. I feel like they would probably do it worse. So yeah. I mean, the, the big thing, the big thing is that, um, you know, it, it 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 instantly connects, right? Like you turn the monitor on, and it's just instantly connected to the camera. Like as much as I like my Nest, you know, front doorbell, like there's, there's always just, just like seven enough... seconds it's doing something. This is what are you doing? Exactly. Like even when I'm on my local Wi-Fi network, like there's just always this weird delay. So it's nice not to have that with this thing. How does the like the little like video monitor thing? How does that charge? Is it USB C? I hope. No, it's micro USB. <laughs> Oh, it's like <laughs> so. You the Kindle you charge twice a month or uh, twice a year. It's it's actually you use. Ah, oh, that sucks. Or I mean, that's a bummer. But for one fifty, what are you gonna do? Yeah, good. It's a good. It's a good price. All right. I don't really have one this week, but I am going to. I think I might have made this a previous chef special. Um, I'm a subscriber to the San Francisco Chronicle. I feel like uh, since it feels like we're just in, in the world where we're constantly in a state of emergency. Uh, now is as good a time uh, as any to support local media. Um, and also the Chronicle has been doing really, really good local reporting on uh, the coronavirus and <laughs> this past week on the fires, especially with their photo, photo, photo journalism. Um, so yeah, go, go. People should go sign up for a paid subscription to the Chronicle and it's worth it. I second that.